episode 25 of Beers, Business, and Balls, your favorite podcast, as always, presented by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app to get started at anchor.fm or download on the App Store. And by Dugout Creative, again, 15% off using the code BBBPOD. That's dugoutcreative.com, the best new concept merch on the market. We've made it to 25 episodes, folks. Jake Zimmer alongside Will Tondo. We've got a pretty full agenda here, so we'll keep it nice and quick. Our guest this week is phenomenal. If you remember Vine, you remember Eric Dunn. He had 3.1 million on Vine. You probably remember him from the Jerome series or the I like running through white people neighborhoods with my shirt off, and that went viral. And Eric makes a good point that, you know, we're going to get to the point in time where kids aren't going to know what vine was anymore they're just not going to know what vine was i'm sorry to interrupt this incredible uh introduction to eric dunn friend of the program but <laughs> kyle higashioka home run to tie it in the i fifth. know yeah I, I i knew you were looking at your tv and for full disclosure we are f- recording this on monday night there's a lot going on in sports right now there is two monday night football games there's the yankees playoffs and right now it's the fifth inning and it's 3-3. So we're going to look back on this part of the episode and be like, oh, shit. Like, whatever happened, happened after that point. For those of you that don't know who Kyle Higashioka is, he's the Yankees' backup catcher, but he's turned into more of Garrett Cole's personal catcher. And he gets the nod. And he just, he just juicing him. That was a piece right there. Yes. But going back to Eric Dunn, uh, we met Eric Dunn in person back in 2018. Uh, he came and spoke for Be Unique, the Brian CEO conference. He hung out with us for the weekend, which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, not every day you can say you hung out with like one of the biggest Vine stars that you saw growing up, just chilling in your college dorm, watching basketball and then partying on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's kept in contact with us. We've been, you know, we've been working out schedules for the past few weeks to try to get him on. And uh, fortunately, this week worked out, but we're talking a lot of football, a lot about his background, uh, social media marketing, and, you know, how he grew. So we hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as we did. I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, similar to a Fanta and uh, other people we've had on the show, so easy to talk to, and you can listen to him for hours. So we hope you enjoy. I agree. Eric is the man. Uh, now he's mo- moved into more of the social media influencer vibe and the, the marketing stuff. Uh, he's the host of Jags at Home now, too, which is a really cool series that you'll hear more about. Basically, was born in quarantine, was born with a lot of the rowdy Jags fans who their tailgates are fucking incredible. They're so Aaron the Judge the with the home run. Aaron Judge with the home run. I literally the, keep pouring it on me. I'm so sorry if you're not a Yankee fan, just turn this off, please. Like, we don't blame you. Oh my God, that was a piece. Yeah. <laughs> Laser beam. Um, but yeah, those, those tailgates are crazy. Um, Eric is also now the host of Dun and Drew. He's doing it with his buddy uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. He's a model. He's a voiceover guy for Trill, which is a meditation app now. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible stuff. And I'm, I'm glad to see that he didn't die with the Vine wave. He was one of the very few that made a, a name for himself. And now he's going to be set up for a long time because people know who he is, which is really yeah, nice. Absolutely. So, let's hop right into it. We've got a lot to drink to. Uh, playoff sports is 
one big thing, but, you know, cheers to you. What are you drinking? Yes. So, I mean, we had a lot of craft beer uh, this week in Providence. Uh, If you kept up with the Instagram stories, we're just trying to, you know, highlight all the beers that we're drinking. So if you have the opportunity to visit those breweries or you see them in the store and, uh, you know, we're writing a good review or our friend Ryan Denson over at Boston Beers is uh, writing a good review. We want you guys to try them out as well. And we, you know, we went to a a lot of breweries over the week, um, drank a lot of stuff in our personal fridge as well. But we stopped over at a place in the east side of Prov, uh, Chomp. And, I mean, they are a fun little spot. I mean, it looks sleek. It kind of sticks out of nowhere out on Ive Street. Um, But the food was very, very good. I had a... What did I had? I had you had the, the it was an Oktoberfest burger, which yeah, is Oktoberfest burger that had like beer cheese and the pretzel bun and pickled cabbage and I'm, I'm yeah that red cabbage yeah, and the guy I'm threw a, a fried egg on top. Yeah, right? I'm a I'm a simp for beer cheese and, and uh, pickled <laughs> cabbage, but Jake had the uh, Caesar salad chicken sandwich, which was pretty phenomenal. As well. no, it was not. It was not a Caesar salad chicken sandwich. This was a fried chicken Caesar sandwich. Yeah. Man. This is a Big difference. I'm not like, I didn't go and get like a grilled chicken sandwich with my beer. I got a fried chicken Caesar. Oh my God. Oh my God. But besides the food, they had a huge beer selection. I mean, they were, I, you know, usually you go to these restaurants that, you know, they're on the smaller side and especially with COVID, they kind of have like a limited menu. Um, you know, not like a Bayberry beer hall that actually like predominantly has beer, but they had probably 15 or 20 just Oktoberfest beers. And we're yeah. talking about like, you know, the, the Hofbrau and the beer straight from Germany. But we, we went with some more local stuff. I had uh, quarry juice from a brewery out in Braintree, Massachusetts called uh, Windowmaker. And when it came out, it was like, so bright, so colorful, so juicy. Um, you know, the guy, the the bartender there, our server, had a lot of great things about both the selections we chose. But this was like kind of a surprise. I mean, I gave it a four or five, and I was not expecting that from this beer at all. It was just full of flavor. Um, it had that hazy juiciness, which we love in an IPA. Uh, I don't have the percentage off the top of my head, but I mean, I was feeling. It was good. like eight percent from what I remember. I was feeling good after it. It's an yeah. It was an imperial double. Yeah. Um, an imperial <laughs> double, brewed with Citra and Apollo hops, bold characteristics, uh, and full of fruity notes, subtle sweetness, and the perfect texture for a New England IPA. Like I said, four or five, and uh, shout out to Chomp for hosting a lot of great beers. Oh my God. I mean, Chomp was fantastic. I'm going to review one from Chomp too. Um, great vibe. I feel like inside would be really cool if COVID wasn't a thing and they're going to be set up for really good stuff. I don't know what their deal is. We're going to have to go down there and talk to them because I feel like there's a really cool story behind that because you can't just walk in anywhere and have like six German Oktoberfest lagers right from like Bavaria. That doesn't happen. And Chomp had that. So that was cool. I'm going to keep it local as well. Relatively local. I think True North, where are they? They're in Massachusetts. I know that. Are they on the Cape? No, they're Ipswich, Mass. So that's it's a little bit north. 
True North, I've heard a lot about, and I saw something on the menu from True North, so I said, screw it, I'm going to try it. It was a 6% IPA, Season of the Witch. It was a double dry hopped beer with Citra, Vic Secret, and Strata Hops. That is a triage, or triad, or I don't know, of great flavor, explosive it was hazy. It was thick. It had a bite to it. It tasted like I was eating a mango. It did. I it could almost take a bite out of this beer. I gave it a 4.25. I liked it a lot, and I would get it again. And you don't see that everywhere at a restaurant. So when I go back, I'm not going to get this again there because they have way too much good beer for me to get this again, and I need to try everything that they have. But if I saw – like, this is a beer that if I saw it out – you know, if I was out, uh, you know, like with family or friends or something, and this is on the menu, I'd get it. And that's if they had, uh, that's if I'm at a place that's doesn't have the elite beer menu that Chomp does. So let's be very clear. Chomp is the winner this week. I'm drinking the Chomp. Good we're for drinking, them. Yeah, we're drinking the Chomp. Absolutely. We are drinking to Chomp. Again, I Street in Providence on the east side. If you ever find yourself in Rhode Island. You have to get there. Uh, we also went to, we kind of alluded to our experience with the Guild last week in Pawtucket. It was not great to be very transparent. They do have a beer garden in downtown Providence. It's outside. Uh, we went there to try it out. Um, you know, it's kind of a redemption tour, I guess. And cool vibe. I thought the vibe was really cool. There's a little pedestrian bridge in Providence, brand new, less than a year old, right on the bridge pretty much. The only problem is they're not serving their own beer. They're serving other people's stuff. I think there was maybe one selection from the guild that was there, and that's not a dig on them, but my take on the guild is the vibe redeemed itself. The beer did not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, again, Pawtucket is – their place in Pawtucket has a very nice vibe to it, but I mean, we got to be totally frank, we got pretty crappy service. Yeah, we got shafted. We did. So we I, I am not on board with the guild yet. Um, I hope they change my mind and just make some better beer and have some better service. But uh, I don't know. There's other uh, better places in Rhode Island right now that I I would like to support, but. You know, we would love to have the people on the Guild on the show. If they ever want to, uh, you know, talk to us about what's going on, we'd be happy to take that convo. I agree. And that goes for any brewing place in Rhode Island. Uh, we have some cool stuff lined up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have been getting some offers to go on site and interview some pretty good beer guests. So keep your eyes out. And if you have a favorite beer brand in Rhode Island, hit us up. Let's move on to business now. This will be quick. We're, we're not going to talk about TikTok and Tesla and all that other shit. You hear it every week. We're just going to do the stock of the week. And this is an interesting one. When I read this to you, I was even a little shocked. What the hell is going on with Bed Bath & Beyond? BBBY, this is your second favorite BBB. 40% up last week. They reported their first in-store sales gain since 2016 that's four years out of nowhere what the hell 
are they doing? Like, uh, I feel like Bat- Bed Bath and Beyonds are closing left and right. And that's what I was gonna say. I always felt like I always felt like they were going out of business, right? You know, like I never, and I haven't been to a Bed Bath Beyond in, I mean, years. Well, I went last year because, and the only reason I went is because they were they had a fire sale because they closed the one in Providence down. Yeah. They got rid of like everything. I got a curtain for five dollars. It's unheard of. Yeah. But so, yeah, when I when you read me those numbers, I was like, that much of a can't be right. Yeah, it was weird. But I mean, good for them. Yeah, I would one of those again, one of those places where it's like ride the wave. Uh definitely not a long term investment, but no. <laughs> very interesting. It is. Very and we'll we'll talk about the cost. If you had bought Bed Bath & Beyond on September 8th, a month ago from today, or soon, it was $11.70. And as of the 5th, when we're recording this pre-market for the 6th, it's $20.49. So that's basically a 50% up. Mm-hmm. And this was weird because there's a lot of factors going on. They had a really weird year. So they launched their buy online, pick up in store. They launched the curbside pickup, just like everybody did. And last week they started doing the same day shipping stuff was shipped in some places and Instacart's getting pretty popular in the major cities. And, you know, investors thought that Bed Bath & Beyond was going back down like Macy's did, but then they put their earnings call out, and it's like, what the fuck? They blew Macy's out of the water for gains last week. And that's nuts. I just think this is a nuts scenario. I mean, when you start putting out these deals, like, I bet you, um, you know, J. Crew would see similar numbers as well. It's because, like, you have all these fireside deals. People are going to come in and just, like, buy the place out because, oh, they're going out of business. Might as yeah. well buy everything I can. It's just like – it's it's just an interesting marketing tactic, but um, it works out. So yeah, definitely want to keep an eye out. Um, overall, I mean, the market has been so-so. I thought Trump getting Corona was going to tank <laughs> even more. Um, but it's been it's been steady. It's been steady. Yeah, and the, the, it was an uncertain week last week too, and it's still there. I mean, there were net positive gains too. I think you know the the overall market climbed just a couple of points, and overall, I mean, we haven't seen the the losses that we had expected to. I think everyone initially was very uncertain about all the events last week. I mean, obviously, the president getting coronavirus is probably at the top of the list, which is all too ironic, but. Yeah. Thank God he's healthy. He is back in office. Um, that's as far into the political game as we're going to get on this podcast for sure. Um, but overall, you know, you're going to see more uncertain news over the next few weeks with who's going to debate. Is it safe for Trump to go out? Is it safe for the people around him in Washington to go out? I feel like that's going to reflect itself in the market for a bit. And a lot of what he says is probably going to get reflected in the market too. Um, we talked about Pfizer last week. I feel like if he mentions anything therapeutics that he took, I know he was on Regeneron, like cocktails and stuff. If he mentions those, I think now might be a time to figure out what he's, uh, you know, what he was taking, right, before he actually mentions it. Yeah, and yeah, and all of these, uh, you know, medical and therapeutic stocks are ones to uh, keep an eye out to just ride the wave. Again, don't necessarily see them as long-term investments, but – definitely opportunities to uh, 
you know, make some, make some potential profit. Yeah, it's riding the wave. So we'll have to see. Let's go to balls and we will talk baseball really quickly. We will save. We've got a full football slate with Eric Dunn. Uh, we go into every game, basically just rapid fire, breaking down the spread. This is, I don't know how baseball trued itself up here, but the ALDS and the NLDS are both true division series. They have teams in the AL East playing each other, teams in the ALS playing each other, and then same with the NL, NL East versus, uh, versus each other in the NL West. And I'm very happy, but our brackets are officially busted. We have the Cubbies in the World Series. They did not make it. Oh, man, that was tough. <laughs> that was, they looked like shit against the Marlins. I, I really have to say it. After that game one, you know, I was like, okay, the Marlins, good for them. I thought it was going to go to, you know, three, a three-game series. I did not expect a sweep. No, no. I don't think anybody expected a sweep. But then you also see the stat that the Marlins have never lost a playoff game. They're still undefeated. Well, no, it's not game, it's series. Series. So that would be wild if that was the case because then, like, I'd bet everything I own on the Marlins. Yeah. Well, it's because also they don't get in a lot. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been really in the playoffs since 2003 since they won it. So, But you see all those tweets about, you know, I mean, Miami has been in a very well-known rebuild. And then they shipped off, obviously, JT Realmuto to the Phillies for Sixto Sanchez, who the kid is topping 100 miles per hour. And he is quite impressive. Isn't it wild that the Phillies might have lost that trade and they got the best catcher in baseball? Yeah. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. You have Sixto Sanchez, who literally was pumping 98 the entire game, on the Marlins, and they have to ship their the, the best catcher in baseball currently for a prospect, and now this prospect arguably just advance you into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. That's huge. And it's That's those, very good. And it, these people doubt Derek Jeter. They doubt yeah. Derek Jeter as the general manager of the Marlins. I mean, you can't fucking doubt this guy. You really no. can't. And it's one of those things when they made that trade, it's obviously like the Marlins are in a rebuild. Um, and when you make these trades for pitching prospects, you don't really see the benefit like for a couple of years. Um, but Sixto Sanchez comes out. He's playing lights out. And I'm actually very happy for the Marlins. I know we pretty much gave them this bid in, but you know, I like Don Mattingly. I, oh I like, yeah, you know, I want him to manage the Yankees at some point. Yeah, I mean, Donnie, he, uh, you know, he 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 deserves some winning, and it's good to see Jeter, obviously, like you know, getting some, you know, getting some momentum down in Miami and. It's just a feel-good story. I mean, everyone always joked when this was going to be a 60-game series that the Marlins are going to win the World Series, and who knows? They could shock some people. I mean, they might, and that's a great point about Mattingly, too. He is – I saw a tweet the other day. It was like, who's the most beloved athlete in New York that has never won a championship? And people were saying David Wright and stuff, which I think is bullshit. I, he was uh, a good guy, but – Mattingly was universally loved in a time where, um, you know, the Yankees were not that great. And honestly, the Mets weren't anything to write home about either. They won the World Series in 86. But other than that, I mean, there, there wasn't a ton going on for the Mets. And I think it's because it's more of it's uh, the, like he's a career Met. 
Yeah, and I get it. With all the injuries, but yeah, Mattingly is a guy that I wish the Yankees won a ring with him. Um, I agree. He was one of the best first basemen ever do it. He should be in the Hall of Fame, too. Let's make that clear. But here's what we're working with for matchups. The Rays are playing the Yanks right now, as we have so clearly alluded to during this show. Um, Rays are the one seed. Yankees are the five seed. We knew this was going to happen. We knew that it left to the – we knew that the the path of the World Series goes through the Tampa Bay Rays at this point. And it is what it is. We're watching the game now. Garrett Cole's in trouble. He's got the bases loaded. They're up one uh, in the fifth inning. And I don't know. I haven't really thought about this a ton. I, if the Yankees are going to do it, they're going to do it in five games. And that's my, that's my answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean – Looking at the um, the Vegas odds and stuff, although the Rays are the one seed, they the Yankees were not, you know, heavy underdogs. No, they were not. Which is good, and that's that's, that should be the case. We knew this was going to be a back and forth. Like I knew it was going to be a blowout. I still think the Yankees are going to win this. Um, Like probably in probably in four or five, probably leaning towards the five. Uh, Hopefully, they can win the game one. just so it doesn't put a lot of pressure on Cole returning. You know, it's tough going down on one and then be like, all right, Cole, we're going to need you for game four or five, like on the, on the dot. Um, but heading over to the other side of the bracket, the Astros just pummeled the A's 10-5. And I, the A's are a better team. You know, the Astros, you have this, like, some call so, so-called chip on their shoulder. It's like, you guys fucking cheated, and you're just upset that everyone – Oh, don't no. get me started. And I, I don't feel like getting into it because Carlos no. Correa is a, is a he's an asshole. He's a he's a dick. He's a dick slap. He what it uh, dick no, slap. A slap dick as fucking uh, Blake Snell would call him the slap dick prospect. But if the Astros do beat the A's, the Yankees better be right in there, and Garrett Cole better shove it. Oh, that would be so sick. I as almost kind of want that to happen. out uh, bases loaded with a 100-mile-per-hour strike up and in. Oh, good, because I was just going to say, did you just see that curveball right down the pipe that Higgy just fucking <laughs> totally slipped? <laughs> they called it a ball. I love that. Bases loaded left for um, – so now the Yankees are still up 4-3 at this point. I guess it's in, it's in God's hands now, four rings left. I want, I want Yankees, Astros, ALCS. Enough of the bullshit from the past couple years. Uh, <laughs> I kind of do too. This is the year that, and I think if the baseball is a big destiny game, it really is. You know, there is. I I, I do honestly feel that there baseball every year is always a storyline. This is the storyline. Could be, and I mean, that's the best storyline as you go through because there are some storylines cooking in the NL, which we'll get into as well. The Dodgers and the Padres is a big one. The Padres have – it's been years since they've been to the playoffs. They, unfortunately, don't get to be there in their hometown for these next string of games, but that's very cool. And they get to – I mean, it's the most exciting team in baseball versus arguably the most talented team in baseball. Mm-hmm. I think that's a storyline right there. I mean, they had a seven – the Dodgers had a seven ten win percentage. That's ridiculous. So – that's a fun storyline. And then you get to the Braves and Marlins, which is another big one. We just talked about the Marlins. They still haven't lost a postseason series. Um, and they get to do it against the Braves team that their bats haven't been that great over the past couple of games. Um, it's come down to late inning 
um, that, you know, comebacks, I guess, in a way, not really, not comebacks, but rallies for sure. And we get good pitching. We get really good pitching with the Braves. You got Max Freed, who is just an animal. And then, you know, against Sixto Sanchez, I, I'm here for that. I love that a lot. I think overall across all four, uh, actually more NL than AL, those two NL games are going to be really exciting to watch. Um, because I, I honestly think it's like kind of a, it's a toss up for both of them. Like, yeah. my, like my gut wants to say Dodgers Braves, but I can very well see this Padres Marlins. Oh, it could be. Um, like the Padres, the Padres are just the most exciting team to watch in baseball right now. You have, you know, Tatis is just his antics are just like, He's not even being a dick. He's just a kid having fun. He just loves it. You can he tell. He loves it. And Clevenger's supposedly going to be back. Um, and the Dodgers are always like, you know, they're the, they're the choke artists of the playoffs. The 7-10 win percentage means shit now. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but Kershaw looks good. We'll have to, we'll have to um, watch that. Yeah. But uh, they bounced the Brewers. That was I, easy. They suck. See, I'm gonna <laughs> say, all right. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Dodgers in four, Braves in five. Damn. You know what? I'll take Dodgers in four and give me give me Miami in five. There's I mean, I love sense. yeah, I'd love to see Miami. You know, go. I think oh. Miami's got a little. Uh, you know wind in their sail and I think they can catch the Braves a couple of times because I mean here's the deal the Cubs are so much better of a team than the Marlins Mm -hmm. and the Marlins caught them off guard I think the Cubs are better than the Braves too and I think if they put a string of some good you know hitting together I think the Braves might be fucked I really do so I'll take Miami and five and the Dodgers uh, advancing in that. And then I think from there, I think the Dodgers scrape the fuck out of Miami if that happens. I, yeah. I unfortunately hate to say it. What's interesting about this, and it's kind of similar to, uh, you know, both bubble systems, because now we are officially in a bubble. Um, you know, the home field, the home field advantage doesn't mean shit. It means you get an extra three outs in the bottom of the ninth. You have no fans in a foreign park that's neutral bar- both. I mean, we're lucky in Petco Park that this is, you know, a good home run field in yeah. San Diego. But it's, it's all foreign territory for a lot of these teams. So it really is whoever's hot is going to take off. I love it. I do. That's what the postseason – that's why it's so great. doesn't matter if you're a better team. Better teams don't always win. Mm-hmm. So I like this a lot. And then – I can't make a World Series prediction right now. I can't do it. I, no, I physically crazy. don't have it in me. <laughs> we'll touch uh, on that next week. Yeah, next week. Uh, baseball guest next week. We are still confirming, but it should be an awesome guest. She is all over Twitter, so you probably know her. She's got 11K on Twitter. That'll be fun. NBA really quick, and then we'll go to football with Eric Dunn. NBA Finals, the Lakers looked like they were going to cruise to a four-game sweep, and Miami pulls one out on Sunday night. Eric Spolstra, I mean, credit for where it's – credit uh, – I can't even talk. It's Incredible. very good that he identified what was wrong with the team, and it was the rebounding 
and, you know, just winning the hustle plays and then it turns it into a win. That's the sign of an elite coach. And so, so credit to the Miami Heat. They're a very well-coached team. They took one away from the Lakers and now, you know, they, they've somewhat leveled the playing field, I think. So I think the Lakers are the clear favorite. I still do think they win in five, but. It was impressive that they, you know, improved their rebounding without Bam. Um, I yes it was it was and that was a Lakers game to lose they uh you know they came back I think it was like a 15 point lead Miami had and they came back and they just blew it in the end blew it at the end yeah they tied Um, it up at like 89 or some shit yeah I I still I still think the Lakers will win I'm kind of pushing towards six now Mm. um I can see it I think that it'll go Miami wins game four I mean sorry Lakers win game four Miami wins game five and then the Lakers close it out in six because I can see that too yeah I I just think the mental toll right now of these players like they are you know it is this is probably one of the most difficult championships LeBron Eric Spolstra all of these guys have ever you know been a part of but Adam Silver talked about it he you know he had a conversation about uh, with Rachel Nichols about the return of the NBA and that originally was going to be around Christmas time, but he's like, these guys are shot right now. These guys, you know, are, you've been away from a family. They've been in a resort for four months. You know, you can't tell them, Hey, we're going to probably end this like middle of October. And then you're going to have to report to camp like in three weeks. Yeah. That's unfair. Guys gonna, like, it's just going to head to a lockout. Um, but the mental, the mental game right now, they're, they're at, like, wit's end, and they just want to finish this as fast as possible. I agree. It's, it's so tough. You've been, you make a great point about the families. I, I couldn't – if I was a professional athlete, I couldn't imagine doing that. I couldn't, no matter how much money it is. Yeah. And that's just me. But I think the Heat are going to be very good for a very long time. And that's oh, yeah. the reality of the fact. It's they've got a bunch of guys that actually care and give a shit, and they play defense more importantly. So, well, that's the thing. I mean, the Heat, the Heat were quite impressive, uh, you know, in this bubble and even during the regular season. I know they were only a five seed uh, coming into this, but still, I hope the Heat don't break up this core to trade for a guy like Giannis. I mean, if you get Giannis, that'll definitely propel you, but it shows that you need a good core of guys that give a shit because like, look at the Clippers. Um, you know, yeah, they, they traded the house for Paul George, which in hindsight is like, okay, you know, you have an MVP with a potential MVP plus, you know, solid depth at the bench, but it just doesn't gel all the time. Yep. You know, you don't know, like Jimmy Butler clearly wants to be the number one option. Just build depth around him. That's what they need to do, and they, I'm sure they will. They're not dumb. They, they know how to do that. I think, you know, you're going to have to replace guys like Crowder and Iggy eventually and maybe Myers Leonard to get somebody better than him. <laughs> but, like, I feel – don't you feel like Andre Drummond would be a sick fit down there? Because um, I do. I think so, too, but, like, they didn't do really well with Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, but <laughs> – but Whiteside, Whiteside isn't Drummond. I think Drummond's just genuinely better. Yeah. I mean, he is, without a doubt, but I don't know. I think he'd no. be a great fit. 
We'll have to ask our, our buddy Sean Lavoy, who's a diehard Heat fan, what he an thinks about that. An but. expensive fit. Drummond, yeah, Drummond's going to be the, the top center on the market pretty much, assuming that there's no major surprises of anyone, like, opting out. Well, so. he, well, he opted back into his contract. Oh, he did? Why not? It was $26 million. Oh, shit. Yeah, he'd be <laughs> dumb not to. I thought yeah, he was leaving. He doesn't give a fuck. Him. Like, he's going to stay in Cleveland and, like, not go anywhere, but. Oh, yeah, he doesn't care. No way. He'll, he'll probably be, like, a buyout candidate or a trade something. I don't know. Andre Drummond was – I saw him at Mohegan Sun one year. He was just coming back, to like, to watch some high school tournament, and he was the biggest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. He's a UConn guy, right? He is a UConn guy. He went for one year. He was pretty good. I mean, they didn't do anything that year, really, yeah. UConn. They won the national title the year before, but he was just kind of there, and then he dipped. And he's only been, what, maybe a – oh, no, he's actually been, like, a nine-year vet. Yeah. So, I don't know. Basketball free agency is for another day, though. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's finish the season first and see who the hell wins the NBA Finals. I think that's number one. Um, that's it for basketball and baseball. Let's talk some football now. We're going to go into a pretty deep dive on the Jacksonville Jaguars and week five games. So, get your get your notes out to go to the casino and bet on these because we're going to uh, we're going to try to go through every spread with Eric Dunn. Like we mentioned, Eric is up to a bunch of good stuff. You know him from Vine, but he's now the host of Jags at Home, host of Dunn and Drew podcast on Spotify and Apple, model, voiceover talent for the Trill Meditation app, social media influencer in his own right, a marketing expert, you name it. But without further ado, let's get to it. Here's Eric Dunn. All right, everybody, with us today, one of our good friends that we met a few years ago that came up to Brian. Uh, everyone knew him from Vine. Jerome from the hood and all else on Vine. One of the OGs. One of the OGs. We have Eric Dunn. Eric, how are we doing? I know we just had a Jaguars loss, but how are we doing? Used to it, man. You know? <laughs> no, I'm numb to the pain at this point. I'm doing good, though. Um, I know I can't go to the games and tailgates, but, you know, the show I'm doing is the next best thing. Sure, we'll talk about that later. But everything's all good over here in Florida. How are you guys? Hey, we're 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 doing fine, man. I mean, we're doing <laughs> that wasn't very convincing. I mean, getting, <laughs> getting through it. You better a, cry. You better cry yeah. while you say that. He's he's a Jags fan. I'm the Owen Four Giants fan. Saying yeah, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> You're sitting here with the Pats, being like, "Yeah, we're we're, we're chilling." Like, Pats are always chilling, man. Yeah, always Pats chilling. are always chilling. We were chilling until I woke up Saturday morning to Sheffer tweeting about Cam Newton. I'm like, what the fuck? That's, that's I mean, not- you really didn't have a chance against the Chiefs probably anyway. Oh, no shit. Yeah. It would have been, been a better game with Cam Newton, but probably still would have lost by like seven. Nine, or oh, nine billion. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you would have kept it respectable. I predicted 30 to 26 at least, but now it's obviously yeah. oh, Brian no. Hoyer. Oh, no. <laughs> We'll see if Brian Warrior can do like an outside rush, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> not counting on it. Not, not counting counting on it. it. No. But yeah, no, Eric. Thanks for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we met Eric a few years back when he came up to speak at the uh, Be Unique Conference for Bryant CEO. Uh, that's when he was, you know, getting into his speaking career. Um, on top of all of his, you know 
influencer marketing stuff. But for the fans that don't know you, tell us who is Eric Dunn? If you don't know me, I started my social media career on the Vine app. I'm starting to wonder when we're going to get to a point in life where people aren't going to know what the hell that app is. It's close. It might <laughs> yeah. be close. Yeah. Everything's TikTok right now, and those TikTok kids don't know what the hell Vine is. So <laughs> it might, it might be, it might be two years away. I was just like, what is what's Vine? <laughs> might be. We're the we're like the last generation to to educate people about how this internet stuff started, but um, yeah. So I got a bunch of followers doing Vine, and I was in college, so um, I didn't really have a plan or a destination while I was in college. I was just like switching around majors, and then Vine just kind of you know steered and took the wheel for the rest of my life up to this point. And I could go into details about all the stuff I've done, but there's, it's really all over the place. It's a scatterplot about all the stuff that I've, I've done. So, but first and foremost, it's mostly sports content. So um, creating sports skits on social media, you know, I'm trying to get in more with my favorite team, the Jags, which I have done. And I'm like trying to balance between, you know, corporate and, you know, still being myself because I haven't done a lot of corporate things, especially at this scale where I'm like all eyes are on me, like sponsorships and all the the front office and stuff like that. So I'm, st I'm still trying to learn and navigate that way because I've been just, you know, my own business and doing my own personal things. So I don't really have a boss, so I'm free to do and post whatever I want. So it's really different now. But yeah, I've uh, been doing that. You know, got a little modeling side gig, which hasn't really done anything this year, obviously, because of the COVID stuff. So. I was really hoping to to break out in the modeling game this year, but March came and ruined that for me. Um, <laughs> also, I do a meditation. I have a meditation app on the side. Um, what else? There's so, so many things. I'm just I just got my hand in a lot of different buckets right now, trying to see which ones take off for me. But right now, it's mostly sports driven, and especially with my podcast as well. That's another thing that I do consistently. So you know, got the right guy on here to talk about sports. Yeah. And, and you've been making a good point. You've kind of been all over the place, had your hand dipped in a lot of different stuff. I don't think now, correct me if I'm wrong. When you went to FAU, you probably had no idea where it would take you. And I, I don't think you certainly knew that it would end up, you know, right here. Right. So what was, when you went to school or maybe even before that, what did you originally want to do? It's a good question. I don't think I did know what I wanted to do, you know? It's kind of like every other kid out here that starts in college. Well, not every kid, but, you know, a lot of kids. They're just going to college because that's what we're told to do. And we just try to, you know, go into a major that we're interested in. So I started as, I think, um, international business major. I, I either started as journalism, media and journalism, and then went into international business or vice versa. But those were the first two majors that I chose. And you know how college has those dumb prerequisites where you have to take like 60 oh, yeah. minutes of art and music and all these dumb other classes. So like I was taking classes like that and I was like, what am I doing? And then I realized that you had to take these no matter what your major was. So I was like, wow, this is college. Uh, that was the first, that was like the first two years of college. I didn't get into Vine until, you know, later into my sophomore year. So you know, my major just kept switching around to business. And nowadays, you know, we got Gary V content and he's telling all these kids that don't go to college for business. Here I was switching my major to all these different business majors. I went to 
economics. Economics was what I ultimately graduated with, but I went to comm. Then I went back into the business school and I chose like three different majors in business before I finally settled with economics because my GPA was too low to take any other business major. You had to have like a two five or higher and I had like a two three. So I settled with economics and graduated with an economics degree. But I knew I wanted to do something in sports. I just didn't know what. So, you know, social media was the perfect place to, you know, get creative and, you know, position myself into a place of where I am today. So, you know, social media is what everybody should be using nowadays to, you know, further in their career and whatever they want to do, because that's the only way you're going to really know what you want to do, because school isn't going to lead you in that direction unless it's like a really specific uh, profession like law or medicine, stuff like that. But when you're like just a, an entertainer, personality, hosting, you got to get out and you got to do things. You got to collaborate with people. And that's what the Internet allows people to do. Yeah, I mean, you, you you hit the the hammer on the the hammer on the nail with you know everyone going into college and not you know figuring out what they want to do. And your success kind of came on the tail end of your college career when you began Vine. I guess the one thing I wanted to ask is like, what is some piece of advice that you would want to give uh, you know current college students who are now stuck in that? Okay, I'm going to Zoom University. I have no idea what the hell I want to do. How can they break that mold to enter into a field that's something that is more interesting to them that they might not be learning in school? Yeah, so I think we push too heavy on kids to just drop out. You know, like once you've, I, I stayed in it because, you know, I'd already had like three years under my belt mission already. And I figured if I drop out here and, and move to LA with no sort of plan, what will that money have? That money would have been wasted. You know, I'd rather, you know, finish college, keep doing what I'm doing, you know, in the social media stuff and, you know, earn the degree that I've already worked three years to get. So I'd advise people to stay in college. And then on the side, if like their major isn't something that they want to go into professionally, that's fine. I'm an economics major. You think I'm talking about the economy on CNBC? No. <laughs> so I'd say continue, you know, doing your college courses, maybe switch your major something less rigorous if you're in a rigorous major right now. And, you know, focus on thing is that you are interested in because we're all interested in something. So I think people should just, you know, take that small little thing that they're interested in and try to build around that first because we're all interested in something. And I feel like that's the place where you have to start. I love that. I love that a lot. And let's talk about something three of us are interested in. That's football. And oh yeah, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Eric Dunn, um, you know, you are one of the most, I think, prominent Jags influencers right now. You got the shirt. I see you flexing that. Okay. Ain't a um, flex. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. So the Jags are one and three behind two very good teams, uh, the AFC South uh, and the Titans and Colts. They're fresh off a, a 33 to 25 loss to the 0-2 and one Cincinnati Bengals. Um, first of all, before we go into that game, I, I want to start with your role with Jags at home too, because I know that's something you've, you've wanted to work for the Jaguars or with the Jaguars for a while now, and you're getting an opportunity. So tell our listeners kind of what you're up to with Jags at home and uh, what your responsibilities are. 
So before we get into that, I got to say to everybody listening, when you're, when you're going into that, like I mentioned before, when you're going and starting that thing that you're interested in, it takes a lot of networking to grow it. So I've been doing Jags videos, Jags content since 2013 while I was in college. I'm just now starting to work with the team on a professional level six years later, seven years later. So in this opportunity came up because the Jags hired CMO a couple years ago and I reached out to him on LinkedIn and I said, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'd love to work with the team in some capacity in the near future. So he got back to me. We set up a call. It was May. I believe it was May of 2018 was when we first talked. I, I forget my dates, but it was very recent. Um, I'm trying to think last year. Was it last year? Was it here? It might've been. I think it was. It was May of last year. This year is like zooming by after quarantine. Dude, it's like, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah. After quarantine ended here in Florida, the, the year has flown by. But Isn't it like it's March 250th or something? Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I reached out to the CMO on LinkedIn back in the summer last year. Told him all of that. We set up a call. And the first thing we ever did was he invited me to the Jags Thursday, first Thursday night game last season. And he gave me field level seats with open bar and, and free food. And that was like the first sort of thing we did. And that was the season where I was going to all the Jags games and blogging it and stuff like that. And then the second thing we did um, was after all those videos I had made in the Jags season last year, um, the Jags this fan story series because it was their 25th anniversary of being a team. So I was one of the features um, in their segments. So he set that up for me. So that was the second thing. The third thing, fast forward to April of this year, the draft, they were trying to come up with a way to, you know, virtually bring the draft to people since everyone was stuck at home in April, like literally every state was shut down in April and they hit me up and said, Hey, would you like to host this Instagram live stream pre-draft party where I would talk to uh, the head coach and several other players and former players of the team? And I said, hell yeah. So I did that. And then that was the third thing. And now the fourth thing is this Jags at home show where they're trying to, I think the NFL told all 32 teams that mm -hmm. they're letting them come up with like a different way to reach fans this season, given that they can't have full capacity at the stadiums. So the Jags decided to have this, this virtual show from home where they're giving away $10,000 per game um, by playing predictive gaming and trivia. It's this little second, second screen experience. You can play on your phone, you can play on your laptop. And then I'm hosting it with, the Jags team, like digital team reporter. Her name's Ashlyn Sullivan. So we've been doing that for four weeks and it's been growing every week. We were supposed to have our recap meeting today, but it got rescheduled to tomorrow. But since week one, we've been growing and having different uh, new registrants every year. So, I mean, every week. So uh, I think we've grown at least 500. We're getting like 500 new registrants every week. So, um, and this all started from a DM. And if you listen to D or Gary V content, he always says, you know, DM people, DM 500 people, but I only DM'd one because <laughs> I, I went straight to the top of the marketing chain at the Jags. So <clears throat> I didn't need to DM 500 people, but it's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> in some other cases, DM 500 people. Like if you're looking, I don't know off the top of my head, but 
you get the point. Um, but I knew what I wanted to do with the Jags. I knew who to reach out to, chief marketing officer of the Jags. Obviously, I'm not going to reach out to the president. <laughs> president of the Jags is going to respond to me. So it worked out. And um, we're doing this every week now. Hopefully the season, you know, stays here and other teams don't contract COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't wait for that LinkedIn success story where it's like, hi, my name is Eric Dunn. You can probably remember me from like Mrs. Puff and SpongeBob back in 2015. <laughs> now, now I'm marketing the Jags. It's like. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing, you know, like doing, you know, corporate things like this all that old stuff still on the internet. So even my music video of eat your ass. So <laughs> I, I find that it's hilarious that I'm able to do this and still have all this other content out there. But if I ever ran for political office, I think that would be the most hilarious campaign ever because all the people that hated me would post that and share that. And I would just be laughing because yeah. yeah. it was once, it was once popular and it's got, it got me to where I am. So but for the people who have never seen it, I'm sure they try to use that against me, but it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> people would love it. People would love it. That was a big thing, too. When you spoke at Bryant, I remember, you know, a lot of uh, the folks that went to the conference took home. It was, you know, if I can get famous for, you know, just making videos of running through neighborhoods with, like, shirtless, then you can, too. You know, it's, I, I think the way that you went about it, it's unique in the sense that it was you and authentic, but it's so commonplace where people can get, you know, viral like that. And I think we were in a unique time where um, things went right for you and you, it was a combination of that and you making the right moves to put you in the place where you are now. Yeah, for sure. And you could still go viral today, but I feel like it's a different time where so many people are doing it now. You will go viral, but will you maintain it or will it just be like a one-off video? You know, because right. there's so many other people out here creating content where back in 2013, 2014, it was just Vine. And if you were on Vine and you were making Vines, then you were known. But now you look on TikTok, everyone's got over 300K followers on there. And yeah. couldn't, so you could walk past a 10 year old in Walmart and she probably has 10, 300K on, on TikTok. So. <laughs> Is, is way different now. Like everybody has a platform uh, with multiple followers because the TikTok algorithm is so favorable. Uh, Instagram, but um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, let's, let's get to football too because we were a far cry away from the Jags here, but it, all great stuff for sure. And that's who you are. So we wanted to mention that. Um, let's go back to the Jags. One, three, Tough loss to the Bengals, man. What is – what's going on with this team? What have you noticed the first four weeks that you're like, yeah, they're doing this really well or like, holy shit, this part needs to improve? Like, what's, what's going on with the Jags? Well, week one and week two were a fallacy. Well, you know, week one, I feel like we shouldn't even have won. We did, though, and all the Jags fans got hype, which they shouldn't have because we've been here before. <laughs> Second week, Minshew comes back again, ties the game up, we only lose because he throws a pick at the end. We could have drove down the field and possibly won the game or tied it and gone to overtime. So after winning week one and then coming back, tying a division rival and almost pulling that out, we had our hopes way up here because the expectations for the Jags season this year were like zero after all the offseason, you know, trades and 
waves that we did. We literally had nobody. And now it's showing. <laughs> Losing to the Dolphins Thursday night football in a prime time, our only primetime game of the season against, oh, against a less than formidable opponent. And then oh. playing the Cincinnati Bengals with no O-line, we got zero sacks. After the Philadelphia Eagles sacked Joe Burrow eight times, we got absolutely no pressure. And Joe Burrow continued to play well behind that horrible offensive line. And Joe Mixon ate us up. So we also had like five handful of injuries on defense, the one place where we don't need them. So um, (laughs) what I see from this team is we should have fired our defensive coordinator a long time ago. He's like, no, on the coaching staff. And our defense hasn't been good since the championship run. Um, I, I think we all agreed that Doug Marone was I, right, but now I think the Jags fans want him gone. And we have an ownership problem. We have an owner that doesn't really care about the football team, I feel like. He's more of a businessman and is more interested in developing the areas around the stadium, like building apartments and entertainment venues, and he's not focusing on football and the fans that he has already here. He's trying to increase his bottom line with the city instead of the football team. And that's a problem. So it starts way at the top and it's trickling down to the coaching staff. And I think our players are fine. We just need a coach who can work with Minshew. Like we need an offensive guru from a college team, I feel like. Maybe, maybe bring in Mike Leach after this season. Mike Leach. <laughs> Mike Leach. Pair, pair him back up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that was like one of the questions we wanted to ask. It's like, you know, Gardner had that incredible game one where, what was it, 95% of his passes? Like, he, yeah. he was lights out. And everyone's like, okay, like this Minshew media is like, I kind of forgot about that, that that happened last year. It's kind of back this year. Do you think he's actually a long-term answer? I think so. It's only a second year, so it's hard to tell. Um, Second year with a roster that isn't really that talented yet. Um, And you look at Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, you look at other quarterbacks on other teams, they've been with them three, four years. Got to give them time. Um, But you you can tell when quarterbacks are just straight-up trash right out the gate. Um, Personally, like – I think Sam Darnold's a good quarterback. I think the Jets as a whole are just trash. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Daniel Jones, I don't know yet, you know. Um, but with Gardner Minshew, I think he's proven that he can be the guy. It's just that the talent and the coaching and the play calling, it all has to mesh because football isn't just one player. Everything has to work. But right now, I think Gardner Minshew is good, and I'd like to be him quarterback. But if we go 1-15 – we'll probably draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. <laughs> you have a preference? I like Justin Fields just because I watch more Big Ten football as a Penn State fan. And uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know too much about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, when you're getting coached under Dabo Sweeney, I mean, it's kind of hard not to be bad. You know, <laughs> look at Deshaun Watson right now is 0-4. So, yeah. I don't know. Clemson, Clemson a little shady. that's a that's a good segue into the massive opportunity that the Jags have next week against Houston who is limping into this week five matchup against 
you know, on paper, and actually the, they're the favorite too right now. Houston's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They should be. So, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, massive opportunity for the Jags this week because they, they – I don't know what the hell is going on with Houston. And to that point, do you think if Houston loses that game, like if the Jags win, they move on, if Houston loses, is this the end for Bill O'Brien? Should have been the end already. That's like, what I'm saying. <laughs> Texans fans can't stand him from yeah. what I read on Twitter. Well, probably had one of the worst trades in NFL history. Oh, my God. That was yeah. a, looking a, at it now, that was atrocious. Giving away Hopkins. It was For like free, Watson's only weapon, top two receiver, if not the best in the league. He's getting like 19 catches a game right now from Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray was probably hype as hell when that happened. Um, and, to, and you trade him for a running back. You know, running backs come and go all the time in the league. Saquon's been hurt the past two years. Christian McCaffrey's out. Nick Chubb's out now. Chris Carson almost went down. Running backs come and go. But you can't find receivers like Hopkins. No. You know, like, they're just rare to find. And running back success comes a lot from the offensive line. There are those few running backs that, you know, break tackles, always get the forward possession. But Bill O'Brien's got to be gone before the end of the season. Win, win or lose against the Jags, he's got to be fired, I feel like. But isn't he the coach and the GM? Isn't he both? <laughs> he's got some ranking yeah. position. I, I don't know. He's – they like the Patriots do that with Bill and a few other teams do it, so I wouldn't be surprised. And yeah. if so, that makes it way, way fucking worse if that's the but, case. But I, I think the Texans are home. Um, yeah. But the Jags just gave up the first win to the Dolphins and the Bengals. So I think the Jags will probably continue the streak and give up the first win to the Texans, even Sad. though they look bad. Deshaun Watson is still a pretty decent quarterback. We are, you know, if you saw what Fitzpatrick did to us, I think Deshaun Watson can <laughs> yeah. handle his own against our team. I think any quarterback – I think we could probably throw 200 yards in the Jags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't give, me, don't give me too much credit. Maybe you could, but <laughs> – I mean, Fitzmagic, that Thursday night game looked I, – I, I, we, we, we He looked like Warren Moon. Yeah, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, why is Crazy. Fitzmagic, like, looking like the best – like, the, he, looked, he looked like Lamar Jackson rushing the ball. And I'm like, yeah. wow. Wow. And I picked him up in fantasy this week because yeah. Cam Newton's on IR, so I had to bench him. So I picked up Fitzpatrick because he's had a good couple of last weeks, and he got me 23 points. He even had a rush touchdown, so maybe he is Lamar Jackson. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> <laughs> 37 years old, still out here running around big, thick linebackers and, and uh, defensive linemen. Crazy. Great. He's got that Harvard degree, too. Don't forget. He's, he's just trying not to lose his job to Tua. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and I mean, he played well against Seattle too. Yeah, he did. Like, that game, that game got a little bit. They almost covered. It should have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they almost covered. Exactly. Yeah. We had a couple. We had a couple of those this week. Uh, you know, speaking of Lamar Jackson, you know, fourteen and a half was the cover for the Ravens. Uh, throw RG three in with like five minutes left. Let him throw a pick. They get the ball back, and they're like, "We're not going to kick this one. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna let it fly." I'm like, I just need half a point. I just need <laughs> half a point, but that's how it goes. Vegas is up to something. Um, I don't know what they're up to. It's weird. It is weird. It is very – we were talking about it the other day where it's like they get it right so much where it's like – like I just like – that is just so above me. It's like how many times do you have to run a simulation to be like, yeah, this game's going to be with <laughs> – 
It's like a 90, I feel like a 90% success rate. Yeah. (laughs) But so going one more point on the Jags, who do you see poses the greater threat for the team this year, the Titans or the Colts? For our team? Yeah. Oh, doesn't even matter now. (laughs) (laughs) It, It mattered week one. Played out. Um, let's say that let, let's put a hypothetical into existence here and say the Jags catch some steam and like it comes down to you know week. Have you seen the schedule? <laughs> I, I have. Yeah, like 13, 14 down the road. Like if they're in a chance to contend, who who has the greater like who's going to give this team the hardest time? We're we're in the we're in the easiest part of our schedule right now. Um, oh yeah, I picked Colts to win the division. Um, <laughs> I think Colts offense is a little sketchy right now. Defense is top three. So that that alone could help them into the playoffs as long as Phillip Rivers doesn't turn the ball over, which he did in week one against us. And then since then, he's fixed that up, and they're on a three-game win streak. So I think Colts are the threat in that division. I know Titans are 3-0, and but it's uh, – if you watch the three Titans games, they should be 0-3. They should. That Vikings team was a shit show. They played Broncos week one. Their kicker missed, like, all those kicks. And then he bangs the last one in. So, Denver needed, like, one score. They could have put them away there. Week two, they played us. We choked that loss. That, that went away. And then week three, Vikings. Vikings had the lead in the fourth quarter. And they let, they let that one go. So, Titans could be 0-3, but the three teams they played couldn't couldn't get it done. Couldn't close. Yeah. Titans yep. Titans are closing right now, I guess. They now are. They get the Steelers next. Oh, well, not next because yeah, they yeah, postponed yeah, that they game. Post- but. Yeah, they postponed that one. So week seven, I think that's coming. But but we'll see. I mean, those are two teams that are. I doubted the Colts yesterday against the Bears, and they got it done. So maybe they're legit. Well. I think that division pick is a good one. Um, yeah, I doubted the Colts as well. I gave the Bears too much credit. The Bears, <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they the Bears yesterday. are frauds, yeah. The Bears are frauds now. Should, frauds. I should have known that. They found out my trust tree. I mean, I, I I hammered the Bears in a few bets, and I was like, you know what? That, they, they're in timeout for a little bit. No yeah, more, they're, they're done. Them and the Cardinals yeah. were not keep betting them, keep on them forever. There. Keep them there. Yeah. yeah, oh, my God. So let's look at the early lines for week five. Um, speaking of the Bears, Eric, we're just going to go rapid fire, tell you how much the favorite is, and you, you give us your pick. Sound good? Sounds good. Love it. Bucks versus Bears. The Bucks are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like? Oh, hammer the Bucks on that one. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they deserve that one. And uh, Tom Brady, I mean, he threw five touchdowns. So I thought I was, he, was at, he was teetering on that, okay, is this like – was it just the Patriots system? But he's, he's getting back. Bears will only cover that if the uh, if Tom Brady throws picks like he did against the Chargers, those pick yeah, sixes. And... Exactly. And then he threw five touchdowns, which is why. No, just yeah. to, to five different receivers. <laughs> First time in his career, and he's like what forty something. That's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So next we have uh, Panthers Falcons. Falcons are minus three and a half. What? Uh, is that game? wild? Where's this game at? At Atlanta. Yeah. That's why they're always favorite at home. Yeah. I might pick up Teddy Bridgewater for this game. Yeah. Because yeah. um I like I said, I took Fitzpatrick this week, but he's playing I think Denver next week, and I don't like I don't trust that in mile high. So I might I might take Panthers here. And Teddy Bridgewater looked good this past weekend, so I'll probably take the Panthers in that game. 
I can't Bills, trust the, I can't trust the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, no way. Um, Bills have another interesting matchup. They're playing the Titans, and they're the one point favorite. Uh, this is in Tennessee too. What do you got? I feel like this is one where Vegas will hit it like right, right on the mark. I think the Bills are probably going to win by like two, right? Right, because <laughs> Bills have the offense now to like blow you out, but their defense will. They're not. Their defense isn't as great as, as it used to be. I don't know why yeah. they didn't lose anybody. Um, no. This is a biased pick because I don't like. I don't like the Titans winning, but <laughs> I'm going to take the Bills there. Their Bills are looking good. Yeah. I, no, I agree with that. I agree with that because I had the Titans as like, okay, if they beat the Steelers this week, unfortunately got postponed. I was like, that was their, that was their prove it for me. Yeah, so oh, this, for sure. This, this game will be their prove it because the Bills are – they're looking like The, the Bills prove it for me was the Rams game, which they yeah. pulled out. So I'm on the Bills wagon now. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, so you got that. <laughs> uh, we got Raiders at Chiefs. I mean, Chiefs are 12-and-a-half favorite. Twelve and a half. Yeah, that's that's disrespectful. Yeah, because I mean the Raiders aren't a bad team. The Raiders are not. Raiders aren't horrible. Yeah, but I mean it's that. But whole, it, but it's like one of those games that could be thirty-one seventeen. You yeah. know, <laughs> which just happened this week, pretty much. You know, right? Twelve and a half. Is it an Arrowhead? At Arrowhead. Yep. Yeah, give me the Chiefs there. Mm-hmm. Then we've got, after that, Cards and the Jets. This is in New York. Cardinals are eight-point favorites. And I – fuck the Cardinals right now. Fuck them. They pissed me off so much the past two weeks, but you still have to bet on Like, I mean, it's – Wait, it's, you, a, you a Cards fan or something? <laughs> no, screw the Cardinals. I, I love Kyler Murray, but, like, they – I loved their matchups the past two weeks. It was Detroit and then yeah. – um, Cakewalk schedule. Who did they lose to yesterday? Carolina. Like, that's unacceptable. Yeah, cakewalk schedule right now, especially with DeAndre Hopkins on your squad. Oh, my God. Um, for some reason, I got Cardinals D on fantasy, so I got to play him against yeah. the Jets. Oh, against the Jets? Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But defense is still kind of sketchy. The offense can – but will they? Don't know. But the Jets don't have nobody right now. No. I'm going to have to go Cardinals here. So then we got Eagles-Steelers uh, at Pittsburgh, minus seven in favor of the uh, Steelers. Eagles. Yeah. I think Eagles could cover that. Yeah. yeah. Rams at Washington. Rams are nine point favorite. I think I I like I like them to beat that. But I don't know. They almost covered football team. Football team almost <laughs> covered against the Ravens. Almost. <laughs> Rams at football team. Ram, Rams kind of underperforming right now. What are they seventeen nine against the Giants? What is that? Yeah, the last touchdown came in like the last two minutes, and it was just like a fifty-five yard to Cooper Cup. So, and hopefully, we had money line bets and not spreads. Yeah, I'm. I'm not <laughs> take. I'm not taking the Rams here. Yeah. No, I. I yeah, minus nine, especially after Washington performed like kind of decently against the Ravens. I, I don't. I don't blame that. Yeah, Washington. They're not horrible with with Ron Rivera there. Yeah, they they sh- they flash the potential. Only um, only reason they're so bad right now is because Dwayne Haskins is very inconsistent, but mm-hmm. squad isn't terrible. Yeah, and he's young. I mean, it's the same thing with Daniel Jones. It's like still too soon to tell. For sure. Uh, nah. Then we have Bengals at Ravens uh, minus thirteen. Ravens. Hmm. 
oh yeah, Ravens are gonna. I think they're gonna crush that spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Unlike the Jags. <laughs> and that's the next one. That's the next one. Jags at Texans. Houston six and a half favorite. What do we got? I got. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we're gonna skip. We're gonna move past this one just to not upset any more uh, Jags fans. I feel like we've done enough disrespect today. Uh, oh, Dolphins man. at Niners. They deserve it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins at Niners. 49ers are only a three-and-a-half point. Oh, game. that's who they play next. Yeah. I thought it was Denver. Denver's probably next week. I mean, after, This is interesting. After, after Car- what Carson Wentz did to them, I feel like Fitzpatrick could do the same thing. He's, he's just as mobile as Carson Wentz. I feel like they, they run with the same type of energy. Carson Wentz kind of run like a 30-year-old man. Um, <laughs> he's bold, though, with those rushes. He well, he like wants contact like Cam Newton. Niners are favored by three, three and a half. Hmm. Give me Dolphins here. Yeah. And I'm gonna keep the consistency on my that pick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. I I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't think the uh, the Forty Niners that's they're sketchy right now because then you have someone like. George Kittle comes back and he drops 180 yards and 15 catches. And it's like, because he has to. He has to. Yeah, he has to. Um, Nick Mullins, I don't know. Nick Mullins. Questionable. Who? <laughs> <laughs> who indeed. All right. So now we have uh, Colts and Browns. Um, is the line even? It's a pick em. Yeah. yeah it's a pick em. Interesting. That one's going to come down to Browns offense versus Colts defense. Yeah. Because Colts aren't much of a scoring team right now. The Browns, hmm. like, they, surprised, I, I, they surprised me with the Cowboys. They really did. Yeah, they did. I think Cowboys are showing us who they really are on defense. Mm-hmm. I'm picking the Colts here. I got I I to I gotta roll with that defense. I think, I think, yeah. Baker, I think Baker and uh, – well, everybody on that offense had a pretty good game. But I think, I think that will change this week. They might get yeah. too high. They I might mean, get too high. And- yeah, I mean, coming off a game like that with the personalities they have, um, you know, they were they were definitely enjoying themselves uh, leaving leaving AT and T Stadium. And the definitely. Colts are the Colts are just such a they're an interesting team because it's like I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what their mo is. It's like they have all <laughs> these running backs that are like decent but not great. Why yeah. fuck with this Taylor guy? Yeah, I, I love the Taylor kid. I like Naeem Hines too. Like, they have a know. solid defense, um, especially picking up DeForest Buckner from the 49ers. That was huge. And they're uh, and they're gonna they're gonna limit Rivers to less than twenty, not twenty throws, but he's only he's not gonna have like fifteen completions of the game. Yeah, because they're a run first team because they have like the best O line in the in the league. Exactly. Yeah, I don't I, get like, I like how the Colts pick. I do like the Colts pick. Yeah, the Colts pick's good. I, I mean, can we talk about how the Browns have, like, an elite running back force? I don't understand it. They have arguably, I think, the best core four running backs in the entire – not the best four individual guys, but, like, the best collective group of four guys that are, is in any backfield this year. I really believe that. Yeah, it's and nuts. unfortunately, Chubb is going to be out for the next, like, six weeks. Yeah, that's what really sucks about it. So, I mean, you've still got it, – it's nice having Hunt – and the other two guys, I mean, I, I didn't even know. Were they, were they rookies or something? But they were. I don't even know who the other two running backs are. 
Yeah, they were getting a ton of rushes. Um, and, you know, Odell was getting in on the rushing and all this stuff. I mean, they were – Landry getting in on the passing. <laughs> I don't understand. Dude, that was a cannon. That was a left-handed cannon that he threw to him. It was funny, though, because of how much effort he put into it. When oh, you, we're yeah. Used to seeing, we're used to seeing quarterbacks effortlessly, effortlessly throw that pass, and he was like – Full wind up, yeah, <laughs> all the way back. That shit. He but it was, it was still a dime, which was like – Moody. I was like, what? It was incredible. You know, for a fact, after a three-touchdown game, Odell got a nice steaming hot present on his chest after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right, we're moving on. Uh, yeah, all right. Let's go, let's go to Giants. It's at Cowboys at ATT Stadium. Now, this is one where, I mean, this is going to be – the Cowboys are going to score a lot of points. They're favored by nine and a half. With any other team, I'd say, yeah, you should maybe consider betting against the Cowboys. But since it's a Giants, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is at this point. Dallas, nine and a half point favorite. And the Giants suck. So Yeah, they do. They're awesome. I think the Giants cover. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I think the Giants cover. I don't know, man. That's, that's tough. The Cowboys are like – we just talked about how leaky their defense was, but I mean – I know we did, but pff, Cowboys have no all way. that, that no firepower <laughs> against the Giants. Their, defense, their, yeah. defense can't, their defense can't be that bad where they let the Giants stay in it. And Dak's going to walk all over them. He's going to. Him and I'm not Zeke saying they're going to win, but I think they cover. Nine points. Oh. You're giving me a field goal and a touchdown. To beat the Giants. <laughs> no way. No way. Got to believe. Got to believe. Oh. Daniel Jones and Devontae Freeman covering that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, don't disrespect Engram like that, for the love of God, right? Evan Engram. Deion Lewis and – <laughs> Wayne Goldman. Yeah. yeah. I'm disrespecting everybody in New York sports except the Yankees who play today. Thank you. That's, <laughs> we needed that. We're, we we're big that. Yankee guys here. We needed that's, that. that's good. Oh, man. That, that's, I can't wait. Do we put like, <laughs> I might put my life savings on the Cowboys on this one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're going to regret that one. I might regret it. <laughs> After, we've been having shit weeks, Eric. We've been having very I, – I, w- I would never make a Cowboys game my lock of the week. <laughs> oh, no. 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 Not the boys. No way. So no. now we have uh, Broncos at New England. Uh, Pats are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. And this is assuming Cam plays, too. This assuming is the line Cam, assuming yeah. that Cam plays. Yeah, he won't, though. Um he might not. Because yeah. you, need, you need two negative tests before you can play again. Isn't it over like a five-day period where if he gets two or three negative tests or something and he's asymptomatic, he can play? There was some rule like that. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, sure. let's, assume, let's assume that he does play and it's eight and a half. Broncos? Yeah. Yeah. Pat's, de- Pat's defense is pretty good. Not as good as last year, but it's yeah. still pretty decent. And, it, and Bronco, yeah. Broncos, eh. Is Drew Locke, yeah, is Drew Locke still out? Like They lost uh, their number one receiver for the year. They yeah. really only have Noah and Melvin Gordon right now. Yeah. They ought to just throw Blake Bortles in there. He's the Patriots killer. Might as well. <laughs> I, I would Might be terrified well. if Blake Bortles took the field. I would. I actually would. Yeah. He's the Patriots there. Yeah, I'll take the pass on this one. Pats. Yep. Even if it, even if it's Brian Hoyer, 
Pages would run all over them probably. I yeah. think so. With those 12 running backs they got. Uh, another team, another team where it's like, I mean, it's funny to like, I'm, I'm a big component of like, okay, I think like there's other positions more important than the running back. But when you get a guy like Christian McCaffrey or Saquon or Ezekiel Elliott, like you have to pay those guys. Those are generational talents. Um, it's, it's tough to put a lot of, you know, all your eggs in one basket when you Even have a Kamara. running back like that and Alvin Kamara. Um, but I mean, you're looking at other teams that win with like a platoon of dudes that all are on cheap contracts at like low risk. So, yeah, you got you got your running running backs, you got your catching running backs now. Yeah, yeah. you don't have you don't have your number one running back that does both, unless it's yeah. Saquon and Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Exactly, those two guys are literally the offense for both of those teams. And that's yeah. why I mean, <laughs> it's unfortunate to see them hurt, but it's like they're they're the ones. It's like oh, like. Saquon has to rush for the, 30 yeah, times and <laughs> catch. They're the highest passes. risk, so yeah, it's like almost guaranteed they're going to get hurt the way yeah. they have to carry the team right now. So these last two are interesting. They should be locks on paper, but let's talk about Vikings-Seahawks first. Um, Vikings are off their, their first win. Again, it came off the Texans. They, and the Vikings have been one of those teams where they score – they've actually scored a shit ton of points these past few weeks. Um Seahawks are favored by a touchdown, so seven and a half. Uh, it's in Seattle. Do we think Seattle runs away with it or what? You gave me this game last year, I would have taken the Vikings, but. I think so, <laughs> last year. Who the Vikings just play? Texas. Houston. Yeah, Houston. Houston. They almost lost. <laughs> they did almost. Yeah, they, did almost they scored 31 lose. points. Like, Kirk hasn't looked awful. He hasn't. Seahawks D is kind of kind of trash, and Seahawks are notorious for beating a team's ass but keeping it close for some <laughs> reason. I know that that's, so that's, that's, that's an oxymoron, but that's what they do. Yeah, it's They'll, so weird. They they whoop you, but it's close. <laughs> it's like they kind of whooped the Patriots too, but the score didn't even reflect it. Like the Patriots stayed in it. They opened the game wide open for Cam. Like they their defense low key sucks. It does. But Russell Wilson, if they stay healthy, that offense unstoppable. I got I got Seahawks winning the um, NFC entirely. Yeah. If they obviously that will change if they have like one injury that can change the whole team. But I, I got Seahawks in this game. I think they could win that one by more than seven. Yeah, they've been flirting with Carson injuries too. I mean, it's it's because they can't. They've been very cautious with him, but they keep putting him back onto the field too. So that kind of I don't, I don't trust I don't trust Kirk Cousins to have a um, back and forth game with Russ. <laughs> yeah, no way, no. And like I think this is the year that Russ can actually win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, you know, Vikings are playing with like rookie corners right now, aren't they? Yeah, I think try, so. Try stopping Lockett Metcalf. Good luck, dude. I like. How do you stop DK Metcalf? This dude is so yoked. He's like six four. Absolutely massive. He's making Fast. all these highlight plays Fast. too. It's nuts. He's mossing guys. He's real quick. That's like you cannot. Who let that happen? Who let Russell Wilson have DK Metcalf? That's not fair. It's not everyone fair. passed up on DK Metcalf, even though like yeah, he, he was, was supposed to go higher, way higher. He was supposed yeah. to go way higher, and everyone just like I mean, he was a guy that I looked on on the Giants board. I'm like, if you're gonna trade OBJ, might as well fill him with a receiver somewhere. And like DK Metcalf fell, and they're like, no, like something about they're like, oh, he can't, he can't catch, and he doesn't have good cuts. It's like, 
whatever. I'm not a scout, but <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Uh, last game though, we have Chargers at Saints. Um, New Orleans is an eight point favorite. Oh, give me Chargers. Wow. Justin Herbert is the truth. Justin Herbert's legit. Justin it's just, Herbert. It's just is, unfortunate that they can't close anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's but he's good. Like, <laughs> they have head to head with a, a quarterback legend. I mean, that's no. Well, just this dude was like off. 21 and Brady was 43 or something. I think that was the first matchup where you had someone double your age. And, I mean, you show out like that. I might take that back because Michael Thomas Ooh. may be back. <laughs> yeah. He's Michael, back. He's <laughs> Michael Thomas is back. You got Michael Thomas, Kamara. Those guys are unstoppable. Yeah. If I mean, Michael I might Thomas, have to yeah. take – I might have to take the Saints there because when Michael Thomas is in the offense, Saints are a completely different team. Do you right – th- Oh, no, right sorry. now, right now they've just been rolling with Kamara. It's been like run, 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 run. But when he's back, it's been working. <laughs> it, <laughs> well, it has been. It has been. Um, Lions game. They started off a little slow. It was like fourteen zero Lions at first. Um, but it's it's hard to pick against the Saints when Michael Thomas is playing. So yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to take the Saints with that. Yeah. Eight. I mean, the reason they've been ripping up, uh, they've been riding Alvin Kamara is because, like, Drew Brees suddenly cannot throw more than 30 yards. Um, and that was my question. Is like, <laughs> you don't trust anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Drew Brees, do you think this might be his last year? I think it is. Yeah. It's Probably. one of those where it's was, like, was, was he, like, 40? 39? He's yeah. up there. He's, I think he's 40. He is, yeah. What did, uh, game, week one was Bucks Saints, and it was like the first time ever two 40 year olds battled off, and that literally looked like a retirement home. We were both wrong. Like, they were. He's, he's 41. That's old. 41, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah he, this could be his last year. Because what? I think he so. was Last two years, he got bounced in the playoffs by Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, this, this, this year, he's going to be like, all right, I'm done. He's got yeah, like four that, kids, too. Two years in a row, you get bounced by Kirk Cousins. No thanks. He's got four, and he's got four kids. So yeah, it's time. He's, he's going to want to watch him grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts. Well, does Brady have kids? He's yeah, got, he has kids. Brady, yeah, he's got he's got two, right? Two or three. He's two yeah, he's got a few. I thought he had two. It could be. I really don't know. I'm just so he's in his own world right now. Like, well, he has one with the uh, woman that's in Blue Bloods. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, what's her name? I have no idea. That's yeah, when you when you start talking about TV, I I'm, I'm lost. Catherine <laughs> Mon- Monahan was his first wife, and now oh, it's shit, Giselle that was his first. Wow, I didn't know that. I thought both of his kids were Giselle. The more you know. Yeah, pop culture, man. <laughs> um, we're a sports podcast for a reason. <laughs> um, so that's yeah, week I, five. I, I let I let my co-host handle the pop culture stuff. And I just <laughs> I just chime in. <laughs> I'm sure Drew's all over it. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, so that's pretty much it. That, that's really all we've got for you. I mean, who do you just before we close out? Who's going to win the Super Bowl in your book? Um, I picked Chief Seahawks Super Bowl for obvious reasons, and I couldn't tell you who wins that one, but that would be a great Super Bowl. A little a nice little shootout. It would. I don't think Ravens. I don't think Ravens got it yet to beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are just way too stacked right now. Oh yeah, to to lose the AFC, and I think, you know, Tom Brady's looked a little sloppy first four weeks here. Maybe they could get together to get it together when the playoffs come. But I don't think the Bucks will in that Super Bowl. 
for the Tampa Bay home Super Bowl. Not happening. I have to agree. I have to agree <laughs> with you, Neil. But ladies and gentlemen, it's tough. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Dunn. Um, where do we even begin? I mean, all, all your accolades uh, with the NFL, man, and it, all the work you're doing with the Jags and, and for your personal stuff. I mean, it's it's really nothing short of incredible. Um, social media influencer, marketing expert, host of Jags at Home, host of Dunn and Drew, model, voiceover talent, all that good stuff. Uh, Eric, if you want to plug your channels or where uh, our listeners can engage with you and your content, now is your time. Hey, just go to the website, Eric V. Dunn. All the links are there. All the information is there. Hit me up on any social media side. I check them all. I'll probably reply. It's not hard to reach me. There you go. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Let's hope for a Jags win. Uh, But if not, we'll keep our hopes up and uh, continue to watch your Jags at home. You guys are more optimistic than me. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. And that was just friend of the program, Eric Dunn. Another great interview. Uh, I mean, the guy really, he has, he's, he's done a lot. He's done a lot. He's made a lot of people laugh. And, you know, every time, you know, we've been fo- I've been following him on social media for years. But, you know, since we met him, I've obviously kept more in touch. And I always just see him in just like a bunch of different things. I mean, after he came to Bryant, he was doing like a lot of modeling and advertising for like, JC Penny, uh, City Bank. Yeah, he was on the City Bike like ads, which was yeah. hilarious. And uh, of course, the Jags at home, which is pretty phenomenal. And he's, uh, you know, just a multitude of content. He is, he's, he's a, he's just a fun, fun, fun person, and very successful too. I mean, his, he knows how to capture social media marketing quite well. He does, and it just sucks that the Jags blow. It does. Yeah. yeah. And like, here's the thing, maybe that's like, why it'd be fun if he was like a Ravens fan though, but it is. But maybe that's that. why like he has his niche and he was able to hit the CMO of the, the football company or the football corporate staff up and just say, yo, I've been doing Jags content for all these years. Hire me. If someone did that up here with the Patriots, they'd be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And maybe that's just because it's New England, but... No, but then you had a guy like John Logan who did all the magic stuff. That's true. He, yeah, if, all, other friend of the program, too. He is a former guest. Um, that's a good point. I mean, it was a little bit different because Eric kind of just, like, created his own path. And he said, you know, hey, I want to do this and work for the team. Whereas JDL was like, yeah, I'm applying for this job. And they're like, oh, we also want you to do this because yeah. we did our homework. Yeah. But it's, I see what you're saying. It's, it's very much the same story where they kind of have their own thing that they do really, really well. And yeah, I mean, they, they just, they're, they're making a living off of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what Eric's doing right now. You know, he doesn't have a full-time like corporate job. It's not him. He's doing shit like this to pay the bills and save up a little money. And yeah. it's working out because he's building himself into a social media personality and like influencer because of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, elite guy, great guest. He'll be, we'll see him again for sure. I'm going to get him up to roadie. I missed that. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, for those, for those that were wondering, we were watching selection Sunday on our couch. 
way back. That was fun. I was like, who's a six, four man that could just towers over me, like sitting on my couch, Eric Dunn folks. Great guy. Positivity quarter. What do we have this week? Yeah. So we're going to stick with the baseball. Um, this is from good news network. They have a article about a grandpa leaving a free bucket of baseballs with a touching note about. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. So 72 year old Randy long was cleaning out his garage and he came over some, he found some practice baseballs that he used to toss around, uh, with his son and his grandson. Um, so this is down in Montgomery, Alabama. So the senior took them to a local batting cage and he left them a note, um, which was just like the most heartbreaking thing. And it really like kind of like flashed forward. It made me like pause in time too. I was like, holy shit, like when's the last time I picked up a baseball? But the note said, hope someone can use some of these baseballs in the batting cages. I found them cleaning my garage. I pitched them, I pitched them to my son and grandson for countless rounds. My son is now 46 years old and my grandson is 23. I'm 72 and I won't give a pitch. I won't give to pitch a couple of buckets to them. They have both moved away. If you are father cherish these times, you won't believe how quickly they will be gone. God bless. P.S. Give them a hug and tell them you love them every chance you get. Wow. You're really, you're really dropping this on me right now. I mean, that's just one of those things where it's like, damn, damn. And ESPN broke the story and the local. Like, it's a beautiful story, but I I wish you hadn't said that. Well. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I guess the next time we're up there, we're going to go play catch somewhere. (laughs) I have to take the glove. I mean, it's. (laughs) We picked a great time in October where it's going to get like fucking 30 degrees in two weeks. Like, nice. Playoff playoff baseball. (laughs) Oh, damn. That's too funny. Well, that jogs some memories. So, yeah, next time you see that, that goes for, like, the small niches, too. I mean, like, it doesn't – it's – I feel like those small moments happen, like, especially with the older folks a lot. Like, they, yeah. they had something at home that they used to do with their kids and grandkids and stuff, and they just don't. Well, do and you, Do kids even want to play sports anymore? They just want to do – they would just want to, like, make dancing TikToks and they shit. Wanna, they just want to renegade. <laughs> just want to renegade. Oh man, these are the real dark hours of the show here. <laughs> if you made it here, you're a real one. So, oh man, um, that is our show this week. 25 episodes in the books. We are pretty much halfway there to a full year of doing this, which is nuts. Um, it's been how many weeks now? Um, literally 26 weeks. That's crazy. That is crazy. We started this in April of 2020 during a global pandemic and now we've uh we're just doing what we can we're just bringing quality entertainment to you folks uh you know where to find us on social appreciate all the love we've been getting keep voting in our polls and shit we're gonna try to do some giveaways we've been floating out like some some ideas with each other and we you'll, you'll see some more content for us especially as things start to move back inside uh you will not be alone because the house is going to take good care of you when you're at home we will is that too much uh, time to close <laughs> it out we've got the blog going the hundredth blog post uh we've got hockey draft coverage we, we're gonna have a full slate of baseball playoffs coverage too college basketball is coming up we've had a lot of guests on college basketball it is coming we're like what five weeks from college basketball maybe six yeah that's fucking scary i love that 
college so basketball. So we're going to have back. Yeah, we I can't be talking about betting on college basketball because I'm employed by some schools, but I mean, I'm excited to, to break it down. We're going to have some cool guests on. We'll hopefully have Fanta back up to have a beer with us and, and talk some college basketball. So let's wrap this thing up and leave you on the edge of your seats and hang tight. We're going to have a lot more content coming soon for you folks. That's Will. I'm Jake. So long. Take it easy. Take it easy.